Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Start this stuff. I start it all the time. <laughs> Good morning. It's nine thirty. <laughs> it's nine thirty on a Sunday. It's a great day in the Lord. Uh welcome to uh Sunday school for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Thanks for being here this morning. I'm gonna go ahead and get started with some music. Uh praise music. Thanks again, Arlen. Thanks for being online as well. Um, music is Brian Courtney Wilson. I'll just say yes, and we'll play this and excerpt this until we get some more people on. So thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, big brother Nate. Hey, good morning, Beverly. Good to see you. 
Yes. I'll do an update. Thank you. Thanks for the reminder. are here. Yes, you are. Amen. Hi, Liz. Good morning. from Brian Courtney Wilson uh, I'll just say yes uh, beautiful song um, and uh, glad that uh, thanks for the, again for the praise team you're the ones that have helped to round out these Sunday mornings when we uh, can't get together together and sing but the music certainly does help to put us in the mood of giving full worship and praise to our Lord Jesus Christ um, I do have a couple of announcements to make um, and the announcements, first of all, one of the very, very good news, Jasper, uh, just giving an update on this because we uh, tried to get some confirmation of it yesterday as well, too. He is at home. He's doing well. Um, they are making sure that he uh, stays well uh, by checking his blood levels every week. That's, uh, that's something that's very important uh, for him. And uh, he's doing well, and I'm just very glad and pleased to be able to report that to everyone as well, too. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers for Jasper. And uh, the fact that he uh, uh, is, is doing well is great news uh, for us. It means that he can enjoy the uh, prayerfully, enjoy Christmas uh, with his family at home. And I think that's a, that's a great thing uh, to, to be able to share as well, too. Um, please uh, make a note uh, of your tithes and offerings. Uh, we want to make sure that those are being still continued uh, on a regular basis. We're going to be home uh, for the duration of December and into the first week of uh, January. So we want to make sure that you are still continuing to make the contributions to help the church to function. Um, if you choose to uh, drop off your tithes and offerings, if you're in Akron, uh, there will be an offering box, uh, drop-off box from 11:30 to 12:30 today. And if you choose to mail it, uh, you can mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, uh, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Um, if you're in Akron, try to drop it off uh, if you can, uh, only because we know the U.S. mail lately has been really troubled uh, with. Uh, uh, shortages of workers and people having to work overtime just to get the mail done. Um, and that's, we just know that from personal experience. Uh, those are things that we're dealing with. So please make a note of that. Um, if you have to mail it, mail it. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but just make that make a note of that. For If you're here in Akron, if you're in the Akron area, if you can drop it off, that would be great. Uh, very, very helpful. Today, uh, there will be a message that follows Sunday School that will be available on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Um, uh, a new take on selflessness is the name of the message, the title of the message. Uh, it will be available uh, pretty much when we go off the air. You'll see it. Uh, 
uh, in the timeline of the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Uh, it's been uploaded and it's ready to post. It'll be there um, uh, for you to look at after uh, Sunday school. It's about a 40-minute message. Um, um, might be a little bit more surprising or different than you might expect, so I, I pray that it'll, it'll uh, hit somewhere uh, right here. <laughs> um, and we'll see what happens with that, but all, all praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ for how he communicates with us. And with that in mind, we have uh, my little buddy over here just gave a quick visit, just to lay next to me. Uh, that's Harry, my, my cat. You'll hear about Harry in the message today. Um, we are going to go into the book of Ephesians. So let's go ahead and uh, get started with a word of prayer. We're going to look in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 17 through 32 today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to gather together for Sunday school, gather together, and we just now that ask that you just allow us to take a deep breath and quiet our souls and spirits and allow you to speak directly to us. We thank you for your very presence. We thank you for how you teach us, how you guide us, how you instruct us, how you encourage us with your word. We thank you for your very presence today. Lord, bless us and keep us now. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. We're uh, doing the second half of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. Oh, okay, great. I see that now. Thank you. Um, we're going to look at the theme in this section, and it's kind of a theme that uh, where Paul now is speaking directly to um, the Ephesians in this letter, and he is doing so with authority. I'm going to read through the passage, and it, we're still in this theme or the subject of the unity in the body of Christ, because that's what the, the Ephesians is primarily all about. But now we're going to look at a topic about how we are supposed to live as children of light and not be like the world, not be those who are living in darkness. So let's read the passage and come back through it uh, later on. Uh, New Living Translation Version, starting at verse 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body, and don't let sin, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Verse 28. 
If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So, you would think, when you look at this passage, and remember, he is writing this to a body of believers. And he's telling these, this body of believers at the same time, stop telling lies, don't live a life of sin, don't steal, don't cuss, don't act up. And yet, here it is, he's telling believers this information. So what should this all remind us about? Is that we are in the flesh and we will do fleshly things and we will do those things that we're supposed to not do, frankly. Things that we did, perhaps maybe not everything we used to do before we became believers, but we still do it quite a bit. There's enough there that will condemn us. And we need to understand that God has been very gracious and very patient with us as individuals, with us as a church. Um, with us in the body of Christ. He is very, very patient um, because he has every right to just have condemnation uh, over a number of people because they just won't stop sinning. So he's giving us this command uh, through this word, and we're going to go back over this passage now and look at this with more detail and be reminded that um, a passage comes to mind right away. Take the log out of your own eye uh, before you remove the speck in somebody else's eye. Uh, and that's a reminder for us that, again, he's been very gracious for all of us. Uh, he's been very gracious to me because I'm far from perfect. And I think that all of us, if we are honest about who we are and where we come from, we uh, need to come clean with our own behaviors and make sure that we're practicing this true faithfulness that he wants, not just something fake, or something that is disingenuous. Let's go back to the top of Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 17. And for those of you who are still jumping on, good morning. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you being here. Um, oh, and thanks for that reference, by the way, too. Um, on judging others, amen. Okay, so back to verse 17. Let's look at this again. With the Lord's authority, I say this. This is Paul speaking to the church. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused. And he's referring to Gentiles who are unsaved. He's referring to people who are, are living life. Um, well, you know who they are, these people who are living in such a way where God is not at the forefront of what they're doing. Um, and he uses the word hopelessly confused, the phrase, hopelessly confused. It's the natural tendency of human beings to think their way, and they think their way through living life they, the way they want to, but they do so without God's presence, without even looking to God. Um, and what causes that? Intellectual pride is one way it causes it. Um, rationalizations, making excuses, 
They all keep people away from God. They all keep people from truly focusing on him. You hear all kinds of excuses. You know, people who say, understand that they need to get saved. They already know the gospel. They already know what the word is. And yet, they will still make a conclusion and say, well, I'm, I, I want to live now. I want to do some things on my own. I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, that's for old people. You know, whatever. Uh, those are the types of excuses that people will give. And, you know, the fact is, is that uh, God is the God of all, uh, the young and the old, uh, the living, and over the dead as well, too. He presides over everyone and everything. And if you want to put him off and make excuses, then you are going to uh, face a judgment from him. Because, like I mentioned earlier here, even us believers, we uh, deserve death for our lack of loyalty and faithfulness to the Lord uh, because we haven't really been following him the way we should. Um, we're reminded that, you know, even though we are still supposed to preach the gospel and talk to other people about the gospel and live in such a way where we are truly trying to encourage them to find the Lord Jesus Christ and we are praying for them to do so, there are going to be some people who are going to just not grasp it. There are some people who are going to reject it altogether. They're going to say it's a foolish thing. They're going to say it's not something that uh, they would want to have any part of. And those are decisions that they make. We have to understand that we are blessed because we recognize Jesus Christ. Uh, and those who deny him condemn themselves. Um, they judge themselves to be under condemnation. And so those choices are the choices they have to live with and they have to deal with. That doesn't mean we stopped, we ever stopped praying for them to change. The Holy Spirit desires for every person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, every single person on earth. And that means that we need to continue to pray for these individuals and pray that they recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't stop praying for people that you know who do not know the Lord. Uh, keep them in, under, uh, in prayer. I want to go back to the passage from verse, verse 18, Ephesians 4. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And then let's drop down to verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, create, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, I want to point something out here. That First of all, we understand that people should be able to see a difference, obviously, between believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and those who are not believers. But... It's very important for us to understand that we have a call to live as children of light and not as children of darkness. The children of darkness, we make the assumption, are people who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are individuals who are facing condemnation. And they face condemnation because they have chosen to live the lifestyle that they have. Now, without being overly controversial, we've got to keep in mind some things about the Lord and his justice and his wisdom and what he does we're living through a pandemic right now and we know that there are people who have lost their lives during this pandemic 
We know that people who have died, some have been very arrogant in their approach to what has been going on lately. And all I can say is that God is going to do what he does to try to reach people for the gospel. And in some cases, that may mean some people may lose their lives. Um, there's no exception to any other time in history that you can point to where uh, things that have been very controversial that have happened. And we have to keep those things in mind because we are living uh, under a sovereign God who allows certain things to happen for the sole purpose of giving himself the glory uh, because that's what he has every right to do. That is what he does. We need to make sure that we are listening to what Scripture is saying about how we are to throw off that old life and live and start to live. If we've been sinning, if we've been acting up, if we've been foolish for years and years and years, the time to stop is now and the time to start living for Christ is right now, if not yesterday. Um, living the Christian life is a process and we understand that. We recognize that we have a new nature because we have an indwelling Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. But we need to understand that we still need to develop. It's a process. We don't automatically do the right thing. We don't automatically do those things or say the right words. We don't always have the right attitudes. So we need to be prayerful that we develop through the Spirit, changing us, giving us what we need to live for, um, giving us a sense of purpose in how we live, giving us a sense of duty in how we live for him, and recognizing those things, we will get better at it. We're going to change. but And the change is going to be slow because of our fleshliness. But he will change us. And that's the indeed the <clears throat> most important takeaway. If you don't get anything else out of today's lesson he's still changing us he is still developing us we are still a work in process these are words that we all hear take a look with me uh with please at romans 6 6 i want to show you a couple of passages here that demonstrate this very thing <clears throat> we don't have to live the way we used to live we don't need to live the way we used to live uh, it's not advised that we live the way we used to live. We need to live in such a way where we are truly focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6.6, 6, this is the English Standard Version. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Enslaved to sin. Okay, now also, if you can flip a few pages over, if you've got a Bible, Romans 8, 9 is another passage I want to look at here. Romans 8, 9. And this one is important to recognize as well, too, because we're looking at how we're reminded because of what the Spirit, Holy Spirit does for us. We don't live in the flesh. We have the Spirit to help us to overcome that. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Well, we have been assured because we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling within us. Therefore, we have every 
resource available to us in the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life where we are just sinning less and being obedient to him more. That's what he helps us to do. Sinning less and helping us to live for him more. You're throwing off your old sinful nature. You're throwing off your old way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. It's corrupted by our own fleshly desires. It's corrupted by what we have done. And I'm sure if you think back on the life you used to live personally, you know exactly what I'm referring to uh, when it comes to living a life of lust and deception and what that represents. So Paul is reminding the Ephesians to put on your new nature. Put on the new. Do those things that are necessary. So if you're doing that, your old way of life the way we used to live should be completely in the past. We should put it behind us like old clothes to be thrown away. Old clothes. Things that you throw in the trash. They need to be thrown away. The clothes aren't good enough to give to somebody else. We have old clothes that are tattered and torn. It's not worth the effort to save them. You get rid of them. And that's the way we need to get rid of our old life. That's exactly what we need to do. You have to make that decision. When you made the decision to accept Christ as Savior, um, that was the beginning of the change, to throw off the old life. That was a decision that was made because you knew that you needed something new in your life, uh, something different in your life to help you to throw off what was old. You were sick and tired of it. You didn't want to have to deal with it anymore. You didn't want to live in any more without Christ in your life. Amen and amen. So you made the decision to live for him. And another thing, we're not to be driven by desires and impulses. We are no longer, because we have the spirit dwelling within us, we should not be just leaping to do things that are going to face our own, that are going to meet our own desires and impulses. We have to put on the new role, head in the new direction, have the new way of thinking that the Holy Spirit gives us. He gives us a new way of thinking. He gives us a new way of living. He gives us a new way of fellowshipping with others. He gives us a new way of how we treat our wives, how we treat our spouses. He gives us a new way of how we address our family members. He gives us the ability and the understanding of understanding what true repentance is. When someone asks for forgiveness, we forgive them. In the same way that Christ forgives us. Remember, in our old life, that was never a way of thinking. That would never would occur to us to act that way. So the Spirit is truly giving us a way of living in such a way where we truly are different. <clears throat> and so that doesn't mean we ever let, let our guard down, but it does mean we recognize and understand how much God is doing for us. Let's drop down in Ephesians uh, for verse 25. <laughs> the verse. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Now that's really important. Um, lying is something that believers can very easily do. Why do we lie? We lie because there's something we don't want to reveal, and there's something that we want to deflect. That's something that we're doing where we're not showing ourselves to be truly faithful. So sometimes we just lie all the time. 
about how we're living. And, and I think that we need to be honest with ourselves sometimes about where our lives are. So when we talk about telling lies to each other, that is just causing disunity. Remember, this whole section is about unity in the body of Christ. Lying is not helpful. Lying to yourself isn't helpful. Um, there's going to be something to that degree in the message that follows Sunday school about how we need to be honest with ourselves and be less selfish and more selfless. So when we're talking about not disrupting other people and destroying trust, we stop telling lies. And we're telling this people of the church, people who are supposed to be believers, stop lying. I'll leave that where it is. We don't want to tear down relationships. We don't want to lead to open warfare in a church because we are lying. Um, we should be people telling the truth. Uh, we should be people telling the honest truth at times. And it starts with you as a person. You, you have to be honest with yourself before you start speaking to other people. And if you are honest with yourself and you're honest with who the Spirit is and what the Spirit is trying to do in your life, you're going to lie a lot less. Let's start with that. If you're not being honest with yourself, you're going to be lying all the time. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean to laugh at that, but I mean that that's a character issue that we have to look at. That's really what it comes down to. If you're not honest with yourself and you're not honest with where you are in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be lying all the time. And I'm not exaggerating. That is a, that is a very, very true thing. And that speaks for itself. Okay? Be honest with who you are as a person. Verse 26, back in Ephesians 4. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. We often hear that particular passage reference to if a husband and wife are quarreling and they're just having this terrible fight, uh, shouting, anger, probably cussing and whatnot, hopefully not throwing things all over the place, but... You don't want to take. You don't want to. Well, I listen. Um, uh, there's such a thing as people getting really, really angry, and and um, no names um, for those of you not here. Uh, and, um, I've never thrown anything at my wife, and I never will. And and I've and we very, very seldom have had an argument. I mean, it's been very. I can count on one hand. Um, and not use all my fingers the number of times I've been in an argument with my wife. Uh, and. And that's a blessing. And we've been married for almost, it's almost 16 years. Um, so, and that's because we're so like-minded. Uh, we, we have a lot of like-mindedness about how we go about things. But it uh, doesn't mean that you don't get angry. It doesn't mean that you don't get upset. But you don't want to let that anger take a foothold. And, and that's how often we've used this. It should help you to look at what the differences are and try to find a way to fix them and not let your frustrations get bottled up inside of you. That's one of the worst things about the anger, too. Sometimes you don't say things you should say. Uh, you just leave, leave them bottled up because something's really bothering you, and that's what uh, we need to also include this in the conversation as well, too. Uh, if there's something bottled up inside of you, you really need to try to do whatever you can to focus on Saying things in love, saying things in truth, you, you shouldn't be yelling or cursing at somebody. And you should understand that if we coddle our anger, Satan will use that to divide and break relationships up. 
So we want to make sure that you don't let the sun go down your anger. That's an that's a actual thing that we need to really recognize. And work on mending your relationship. And I say this because I know there are people uh, in this audience who have been married and divorced. And, and we recognize what those things are, what that means. And, and it doesn't mean that you should be married to the person you were married to before. It means, though, that you learn something from it. And you should be learning in your new relationship how to have communication with your spouse. You don't make the same mistakes you made before. And you, we all have made mistakes. Even when the marriage breaks up, it's not your fault. It still doesn't mean that you've not made a mistake. You sure you have. You, In the flesh, you will do things that you know you shouldn't do, and, and you need to take that into account. And that's what I mean about being honest. Being honest, you don't point the fingers at the other person all the time. Sometimes you have to point the finger right at yourself and look at how you have lived. So keep that in mind, and I, I hope that you're taking this in the right spirit because we, um, the Lord has moved me to tell everyone that we're living in a very corrupt world today. We need to set the example for people who are living in a corrupt manner. We need to live in such a way where we are truly following Jesus Christ in our actions and our words and our deeds. And we're praying for this world. We're praying for people to repent. Um, that's all I can tell you. We need to pray for people to repent and seek the Lord. There are people who are doing very horrible, terrible things uh, to children. They're doing terrible, terrible things to other people. People are very hostile. People are very angry. And there is no one else to blame for that other than Satan. Satan loves to cause division. Satan loves to cause people to do things that are outside of even maybe their own mind. And we need to be very prayerful. But it all starts with you and me making sure that we are living as children of the light. People who live in darkness need to be able to see the light. Because it means that there are people still out there that God, God has spared this world, spared this country, spared all of these people for the opportunity for people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And really, that's it. Because if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for his grace and mercy, we'd have all been wiped out by now. The Lord would have called a lot of folks home that, frankly, um, may deserve it. But ultimately, he has spared us enough for us to just keep praying for this nation and this people. It's Satan. Remember that. So we need to keep that in mind as we live and make sure that when it starts at home, you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't leave it pent up. Work on mending your relationship with your spouse or with your friends or whoever it is that you have a difference of opinion with or a grievance with. Let's go to verse 28 in Ephesians 4. If you are a thief, quit stealing. <laughs> Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Now, let's go back to that, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Now, here's something that's very true you'll hear a lot of people throw around god's name and say in god's name we give praise to him we give glory to him we we do these things to him and they steal 
they'll still steal anyway. Um, we, we have been warned about the double-minded person who is unstable in all ways in Scripture in the book of James. A double-minded person because we have double-mindedness that we have to often encounter and we need to have discernment when dealing with people who are double-minded. Amen? Discernment. Because we, the Spirit will reveal to you a person who is double-minded. Um, you don't let someone throw you off but just by saying, I know who God is, or I know, I know he did this for me, he did that for me. And he very well may have done those things for them, but they still wind up doing things that they shouldn't be doing, like stealing. So the verse, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Use your hands for good hard work. You know, there's a, a saying out there about people who are, are grifters or people who are dishonest um, who will try to use the Lord's name. Um, I think that we need to make sure that I don't want to dwell on that part of it, but we, but there are things that we need to make sure that we're doing too. We shouldn't be cussing. We shouldn't be stealing. If we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we shouldn't be using unwholesome language. We shouldn't be saying nasty things. We shouldn't be overly sarcastic with people. We shouldn't, certainly shouldn't be sarcastic with children. Uh, we should be talking in such a way where we are truly speaking Christ's language. We shouldn't be angry. We shouldn't be fighting we shouldn't be brawling. We shouldn't be slandering people. We shouldn't have bad attitudes about anything. We need to instead be forgiving, just as God has forgiven us. If somebody does something to you, it doesn't mean that you lash out at them in anger and wrath and wish them to be dead or whatever it is that people have come to mind. You know, your mind is very dangerous sometimes when it's provoked by Satan. You've got to resist with all your might all your might through the power of the Spirit saying anything that is going to be not Christ like in your response. Are you grieving the Lord or are you pleasing him? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit or are you pleasing the Holy Spirit? Act in love towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because Christ certainly, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier, has had grace and mercy. He has already acted in love for you by dying on the cross for you and asking uh, God himself to pay the, take the penalty for the sins that we've committed, past, present, and future. He already has shown his love for us. So we need to recognize these very things as we look at that and verse 30 reminds us of that. The Holy Spirit uh, is a seal or guarantee that we belong to him. So he knows, he already knows who you are. He's already identified who you are. He knows your tendencies. He knows your, he knows your faults. He knows what you allow, you know, sometimes can trip you up. How often have you prayed about your own attitude? How often have you prayed about how you treat other people? How often have you prayed about using the right words, allowing the Spirit to speak through you in dealing with other people? How often have you dealt, asked prayer for the Lord to do all the things we're going to be talking about in verse 31, getting rid of the bitterness, getting rid of the rage, getting rid of anger, getting rid of harsh words and slander. 
Well, this is something that you can't do on your own in the flesh. So you have to rely upon the Spirit to do all these things. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, verse 31, Ephesians 4. Get rid of all rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. In order to have unity in the church, you have to have a like-mindedness when it comes to following Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean perfection. It merely means that we're all looking in the right direction for God to give us the proper focus and look at what's necessary and important. We need to know about the law of forgiveness. It's been taught in the Gospels. Uh, let's take a look at an example of that. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. You've got to have the right attitude in Christ when it comes to how you respond to people who mistreat you or do things to you that they know they shouldn't do, but they do them anyway. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Um, that is something that we need to see. And then, but, uh, verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Can it be said any more plainly than that? If you expect mercy from God, then you need to show mercy to others. If you expect forgiveness from God, then we need to forgive others. Because if you don't forgive someone, that means your heart is not right. Your heart's not right. And your heart is not if your heart's not right, then that means you're not fellowshipping with the Lord Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. We cannot harbor unforgiveness under any circumstances. It's for your own good. It's not for because, you know, God is doing you a favor. It's for your own good. If you want to make sure that you are truly living for Christ, forgiveness needs to be a part of your way of thinking. Back to Matthew, drop to uh, chapter 18, verse 35. This is part of a parable, but look what the last verse says in Matthew 18, 35. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And you have to go back and look at the parable. That was the parable of the unforgiving servant. Unforgiving servant. You need to forgive. And it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you are, what stature in life you're at, whether you are um, a president, bank executive, or down to a person who works in the mailroom or wherever you work. You need to have a forgiving spirit and understand that because you cannot fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ if you are not practicing forgiveness. Another example, Mark 11:25. Can you see this is all about getting your heart right? Can you see that this is what this lesson is about? This is about getting your heart right getting your heart right before God. Remember, we were saying that it starts with you being honest with yourself. Mark eleven twenty five, and whenever you stand praying, forgive, 
if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is also in heaven, who is in heaven, also who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Amen. I, I just had to read it right. But ultimately, what it comes, <laughs> but ultimately, what it comes down to is that if you are not forgiving other people, and there are so many examples of this in the gospel, it's also in the Lord's prayer. Go back to, uh, go to Luke. Excuse me. Oops, pushed the wrong button. Luke 11.4. I was hoping I had enough time to get to this today because I wanted to cover these passages. This really does set your mind to think about what's really important here. And sometimes it's as simple as if us is just saying, if I'm going to live as a child of light, I need to take a lot of burdens out of my life. And this is a huge burden for some of us. Luke 11:4 and forgive us our sins for we forgive for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. You know that's the prayer that we make in the Lord's prayer. It's within the Lord's prayer. It's right there. You're asking the Lord to forgive our sins as we forgive others. It's right there. When we pray the Lord's prayer, now, God should be calling to your attention the moment you say those words, but have you forgiven everyone? Have you forgiven everyone as you just prayed? Prayer cannot be ritualistic. Prayer has to be genuine. Even when we say the Lord's Prayer, yes, it's a prayer that we recite all the time, but it can't be a ritual. It has to be genuine. It has to come from the heart. When you say these words to the Lord, you're not just saying them as a ritual. He doesn't, if you treat it as a ritual, he is not listening to you. He will not listen to you if it's a ritual. Because the words have to mean something. And the words have to come from your heart. So please always remember that when you are reciting prayers or uh, you're hearing things or saying things, you have to take your own responsibility for that. It's not your job to tell somebody else, well, you didn't mean that. Uh, no, that's not your job. Your job is to make sure that you're praying with the right attitude and have the right heart. God doesn't forgive us because we forgive others, but solely because of his mercy. He wants to see you live in such a way where your attitude is right. He's not forgiving you because you're forgiving others. Let's be very clear about that. He's forgiving you because you have the right attitude. He has grace and mercy. And remember what I said earlier that he has extended grace to a lot of us. Um, more in such a way that, you know, like some of us, if you're really being honest about who you are and where you've been, uh, he has extended grace and mercy far beyond what uh, we deserve. And so we need to be always mindful of that when it comes to looking to the Lord. And I'm not, I'm not saying this in any way, shape, or form to be a downer. I don't want anyone to take it that way. I just, I'm being honest about the God that we serve. That is who we are. And we, are, know we, we know who we are as a people. And we know that he is a holy, righteous God. And we just don't measure up. It's because of his son dying on the cross for us that we do measure up. It's because of grace and mercy. It's because of love for us, where we do measure up. 
So we always keep those things in mind. And just make sure that we're living in such a way. I like the last verse. Again, verse 32. I'll read it one more time. Being kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Those who have not learned to forgive have not become one with Christ, who was willing to forgive even those who crucified him. You remember, I think it's Luke 23. Let me make sure I'm right about that. Luke 23, 34. I believe that's where it says, yep. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. What a wonderful God we serve. He forgave even those people who were crucifying him. I think that's really a great takeaway to understand how much God loves us and cares about us. That even in our sin, even in our actions, he still has mercy and grace and forgives us. Now, he, of course, he's mentioning this for us to understand here, too, that we need to ask for forgiveness to receive forgiveness. And so we need to keep that in mind because we just don't keep sinning blindly because we know that God has grace. Absolutely not. We don't do that. And, that, and Paul has mentioned that to other members of the churches that he's written to. Shall we continue sinning? Absolutely not. Because he has grace and mercy, do we just keep pushing the envelope and living any way we want to? Absolutely not. We just don't do that. Okay. So that's the passage. Unity in the body of Christ, living as children of light. A real test of honesty. Honesty about who we are as a people. Honesty about who we are when it comes to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants that relationship with us. Always remember that. You can go to him anytime you want and ask him, is there something I need to do? Is there something I need to reckon with? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for how you teach us, how you give us instruction, how you nurture us, how you help us to face the reality of where we are today and how you remind us too about the world that we live in and giving me a mind as you would be concerned about them for me to do the same. Help us to be compassionate people, people who are children of light in a very dark world. We pray, Lord, that you just be with us now. We pray that you just continue to speak to us we pray that you help us through difficult times. We pray that you just be a comfort to us. And we thank you for the reminders of your grace and mercy. Help us to be more mindful in our communication with you. We don't ever want to treat prayer as a ritual. We want to pray with sincerity, with feeling, with understanding of you speaking to us. We thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you got something out of that. I sure did. The Holy Spirit is the one who speaks. And uh, I just give him all the credit and all the glory because um, we need to live in such a way today, even in the midst of a time like this, where we are truly children of light. We are truly focused on God 
working through us to reach others for Jesus Christ. Thanks for being with us. Uh, following the Sunday School uh, lesson today, look online, scroll down the timeline on the Akron Alliance Facebook page and look for the message, um, A New Take on Selflessness. It's available for you to look at right now. It should be online. Um, and uh, we appreciate any comments you have about the sermons and messages. We would love that interaction. If you have any questions about anything, please do so. Um, and uh, we just thank you for being here this morning. Uh, we will circle back next week with a continuation in Ephesians um, and go to chapter 5. God bless you all and take care of yourselves today. Have a wonderful Sunday. Again, just remain faithful, prayerful, and continue to stay safe out there. Amen. God bless you all. Take care. We'll see you next time.